What's up, Plum Creek? I hope that you are healthy and doing well. Listen, last week was awesome. It was so good to see those that were able to make it to the park service. And listen, no doubt we have taken the opportunity to worship together for granted. Worshiping that way last week in the park was so good for my soul. So I want to thank those of you that were able to be there and let you know we're going to keep doing those park services for just a little while. Today, I want to talk to you about one of the core themes of the gospel. And to lead us where I'm going this weekend, to kind of get your heart there, I want to take a quick little field trip. So let's go with me, will you? Here we are at Flagstone Elementary right here in Castle Rock. This is actually where my kids went to elementary school. And I don't know if you're like me, being on a playground brings back a lot of memories. Some of those memories are good and some of those are bad. You know, to be truthful, looking back, it kind of makes me wish for some simpler days. However, if we're honest with each other, it wasn't always simple out here. There's lots of conversations and uh, all kinds of activity and running. And in my group, there was a lot of schmack talking and competitions like Foursquare right here, tetherball, soccer, soccer with a hundred kids, football with teams of 40, and basketball with a squad of 25 on each side. I remember kickball with so many people that you only got to bat once before the bell rang. Do you remember the playground alphas? Those were the ones that would start a four-square game and then declare that they had closed the game and nobody else could play. And if you came too late or weren't in the right crowd, you, you walked away uninvited, left out and dejected. Those playground alphas are also the ones that got to pick the teams. Maybe you remember that experience where they would line everyone up and then the playground pregame drafts that could be so horrible began. Who would pick me? Would they pick me? What if I never get picked? What's everybody else going to think about me? We all know how it feels to be left out, to be uninvited. Perhaps it was later in life where you weren't invited to a party or at prom, you were left out. It stinks. This is a horrible experience. Maybe even as your life continued, you, you have this residual fear of not being invited, not being good enough, or not being asked to be part. I wonder if there were moments where you and I might have even thought, is there something wrong with me? Will I always feel this way? Does anyone want me to be included? Do I bring anything of value? Why is it that I wasn't invited? Am I not good enough? And I've been wondering this week, how, how do these experiences continue to impact us as we continue in life? Or more importantly, how do these experiences impact my spiritual life? Now listen, I told you that I want to talk with you today about one of the core themes of the message of the gospel. And here it is. You are invited. Listen, we've all felt unwanted, unworthy, undeserving, or even unwelcomed. But you need to hear me say this this weekend. Jesus invites people others reject. I want to take you to a story in Luke chapter 7. So if you have your Bibles, you could turn there or you could swipe there on your device. 2,000 years ago, you see Jesus walked the earth claiming 
to be the son of God. People weren't sure if they could believe him because as you could tell, that's a pretty big claim. And one group of guys, the Pharisees, were having a really tough time with Jesus's claims. Now these guys were pious and they were devout. They were outwardly religious and strictly abiding by a list of 613 laws. These were ritualistic ordinances that they had put in place to help keep themselves and others pure and and to keep you, so they thought, on God's good graces. Working really hard to keep away from anyone that would have any kind of sinful behavior in their lives. Well, one day, one of these Pharisees, and his name was Simon, decided to throw a party, a dinner party. And this was a little different than the way we would do our parties today. A dinner, a dinner party was thrown with specific guests invited, and yet at the same time, they kind of made known to the community that this was going to take place because it would be open to the public to come and stand on the outside. Even though they were uninvited to the dinner, they could just come and, and kind of observe and watch and listen to those that were invited. They would share this meal together, and then they would begin to talk. So if you have your Bibles open now, let's go to Luke chapter 7, and we're going to pick up this story in verse 36. So let me read this with you. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. Now, these dinners were often a way to kind of show off your prestige in the community, to show off your knowledge in the conversation that you would have with the rest of the guests. This gathering would kind of be a a gathering of of a who's who of the Pharisees and the others that were in the community. Uh, The meal took place in the outer room of the house, kind of like a courtyard. And they would leave the doors open so that the common folk could come in and kind of gather around and listen. They would listen to the Pharisees as they pontificated about social trends and politics and theology, maybe even global pandemics and face masks and Tiger King. You see, the folks back then, they didn't have internet or TV. They couldn't watch the real Housewives of Jerusalem. So these parties kind of became like like a free first century reality TV show. Let's pick up this story now in verse 37 of Luke chapter 7. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. So you can just imagine the Pharisees are waxing eloquently about eschatology and hermeneutics, and everything seems to be going great until this lady shows up. You see, Simon is loving the attention. He's feeling like he's a really big deal. And then unexpectedly, this lady walks in. And you need to understand in scriptures, it says a certain immoral woman. That means that she was a prostitute. So this call girl walks into the party and the Pharisees know of her reputation. And listen, there's no way that she would have been invited to this event. As far as the Pharisees were concerned, and many in the community too, she was unclean, she was unworthy, she was impure, she doesn't belong, and for sure not invited. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us a lot about her story. We don't know what led her to this lifestyle. We just know of her reputation in the community. Now, her whole adult life was was about being looked at hatefully by women and being used and abused by men. 
She would not have been welcomed to this party and for sure not invited yet. Yet she pushes past all of that and she shows up to be near Jesus. Guys, listen to me. That should speak to us today. This week, I've been wondering how she got to the place where she'd face all the ridicule and the shame and do whatever it took to be near Jesus. I want you to see in this story what she does after she gets to this home. She doesn't just stand on the outside. Look at verse 38. Then she knelt behind him at his feet. And look at this. She was weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. And then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. She kneels, which is a posture of worship, and she breaks open this perfume bottle and pours it on Jesus' feet. Most theologians would agree that this was likely her most valuable possession. Its value was somewhere around a year's worth of salary. In this moment, her expression to Jesus was both, was both an extravagant act of worship as well as a symbol of repentance. Now, there was no towel to dry Jesus' feet, so she lets her hair down and uses her hair to dry Jesus' feet. This would have been highly inappropriate culturally. You see, Jewish women, they, they wouldn't unbind their hair in public. And now we're going to jump back into the story. And let me remind you that these guys that were at this dinner party, these Pharisees, were struggling with Jesus' claim that he was the Son of God. So let's continue now in verse 39. Verse 39 says this, When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman was touching him because she is a sinner. Simon assumed, since Jesus didn't realize that this woman was a prostitute, that there was no way that he could be the son of God or a prophet. So I love this part of the story. You see Jesus basically responds, I see you question me. Remember, this man was just thinking these thoughts in his mind. Jesus says to him, you don't believe that I'm the son of God? Okay, I'll just read your mind and I won't just read your mind. I'm gonna deal with your heart issues. He basically said, hey bro, listen, I can read what's going on up here. And now I'm gonna help you understand in a completely different kind of way, the heart of God. I want to pick this story back up again now in verse 40 of Luke chapter 7. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Isn't that awesome? And he said this, Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him a story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other but neither of them could repay them, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Listen to Simon's response. Simon answered, I suppose the one for, for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. So here's, here's what's so important for us this weekend. You know, we often talk at Plum Creek about how we are all people in process. And I'm afraid that many people feel one of two ways. First, there's been moments in all of our lives where we feel that we're not worthy of God's love or a relationship with him. 
And then other times we get our eyes focused on others and get very judgmental of those around us when we see lifestyles or behaviors that, that seem contrary to the way that we're trying to live our lives. And I need you to hear me say this today. Both of those ways of thinking are horribly wrong. And that's what this story articulates so well. Remember our main thought for this weekend, Jesus invites people others reject. So here's the question that I've been asking myself all week as I've been processing this story. Why did this woman feel so comfortable to do this? Why does she walk across town? Why does she walk past men who who would have jeered, some who would have called out to her and others that would have held their heads in shame? Regardless of her reputation, she walks past all the whispers and she heads into Simon's house and goes straight to Jesus. You see, she was a person that the Pharisees would have considered scandalous, disgraceful, and even appalling. Why? Why would she go push past all of that? You see, clearly she already knew about Jesus. She had heard him speak likely. Maybe it's even that in this moment she she had experienced and felt his acceptance while he was talking. There's something different about this man. You see, she saw a different kind of love in his eyes. It's likely when she listened to him teach, she had heard a different kind of love in his voice. And then something happened inside of her and she felt a different kind of love in her soul. It's likely that she had listened to what Jesus had taught uh, as he interacted with those in the community. And we don't know for sure, but this message and Jesus's heart is what this lady had heard and felt. What she had felt from Jesus was this, you are invited. He had said it in many ways, but I love the way that he, that he communicated this same principle in Matthew. Perhaps it was something like this message that she had heard. And Jesus is teaching and he says, my message and the heart of my father is this. And I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 11. And let's just look at verses 28 and 29 together real quick and capture the heart of God and to listen and understand the message that Jesus had been communicating when he was teaching. Then Jesus said, it says in Matthew 11, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Can you imagine what a message like that would have communicated to this lady? You see, all of a sudden, what's coming alive in her is our main thought for this weekend, that Jesus invites people that others reject. And let me remind you of something that I, that I saw this week, and this is so important. You see, pointing out this woman's sins, that didn't lead her away from her sins. Judging her for her lifestyle didn't change her lifestyle. Shaming her didn't set her free. What was it, guys, that changed her? And here's what I believe it was. An authentic, heartfelt invitation. Jesus didn't come for the righteous. He said he came for the sinners. Not for the healthy. He said he came for the sick. 
You see, Jesus invites people others are rejecting or pushing back or holding back. So even if you've doubted God or questioned God, if you've been in moments where you felt hurt by God or even tried to walk away from God, maybe convinced that you had failed God so much so that he wouldn't even want to be in relationship with you. The message of this story that we're capturing this weekend is this, please hear me, you're still invited. It's not about your behavior. It's about the heart of our God. You see, you're still invited. You can come with your doubts, your fears, your failures, your addictions, the rejection that you've experienced, whatever baggage it is that you've had to carry during your life. Listen, we all need to reclaim God's heart of invitation to us. That's what Jesus was communicating in this story. Now I wanna jump back to Luke chapter seven, and now we're gonna look at verse 44. In verse 44, he begins to communicate again, and he says this, then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, so he's looking at this woman, but yet he's speaking to Simon, and he says this, look, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but listen, from the time that I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You've neglected the courtesy, the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person, Jesus said, who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. These Pharisees, these guys that were at that party that night, they didn't get the heart of God. And you know, sometimes that's true for you and I too. It's regular for us not to get the heart of God as well. And that's why we need to talk about this this weekend. You see, Jesus invites people that others have rejected. And we all need to reclaim God's heart of invitation to us. We are all people in process. And I wanna challenge you today to not, to not listen to the enemy that likes to spin lies and tell us that, that we aren't worthy. Or cause your heart and your mind to be so focused in on mistakes that you have made that somehow you begin to think that you aren't good enough to have a relationship with God, that you're not good enough to be loved by the creator of the universe. Listen to me, that's just not true. Jesus invites people that others reject. So guys, listen, we need to pause together this weekend. We need to reclaim in our souls, like this lady did, this truth that we've been talking about this weekend. It will change the way we see our relationship with God, and it will change the way we see people around us. You see, Jesus invites people others reject. We need to know that for ourselves, 
But we also need to know that for the way that then we begin to engage in relationship and conversation, the way we think, the way we feel about the people around us too, because that's our Father's heart. Don't buy the lies, guys. You are invited. He loves you. And this should cause all of our hearts to come alive. You see, we are all made. The DNA of of what God has placed inside of us causes us to want to respond to this kind of love. And I wonder today, have you? Have you responded to this kind of love? Because if Jesus doesn't give up on any of us, and if the heart of our Father is that nobody is beyond the reach of God's invitation, why would you or I ever believe that we're not good enough? Or who are we to give up on anyone? Or worse yet, to live with a judgmental attitude towards others. Guys, listen, Craig and the worship team are gonna lead us in a song here. And while we sing this song, I wanna ask you to please reflect on what we've been talking about today. Because perhaps for some of you, you've been feeling that your life has has somehow gotten to be such a mess that, that God could never accept you, that God could never love you. And you need to know that that's not true. We're all invited. Or maybe you've allowed your heart and your mind to get to this place where you've begin, begun to, to kind of look at others with a judgmental attitude or give up on some people. Instead, we need to recapture today God's heart and we need to know and experience God's love. Will you allow him in these moments while we're singing this song to speak to you deep in your heart today so that you would be reminded that we are all invited?
bow your heads and pray with me for just a moment. Father, we, we, we come together in lots of different places today knowing that you're speaking to us. And in this moment, we're reminded of this core principle of the reality of the gospel, and that's that you're a God that invites everybody. And Lord, I know that there's someone today that that perhaps heard this message and they have never allowed their minds to even go to the place where their hearts could be captured with the reality that our behavior isn't what matters. It's God's love that matters. And that there's nothing, Lord, that we can do that would push us so far away that we would be beyond the reach of the Heavenly Father's love for us. We are all invited. And if you're watching today and you're in a place where you know that that you have felt unworthy of all of God's love, then this is your moment. This weekend matters. And I would invite you to just simply pray this prayer with me. Lord, I need to understand your love in a different kind of way because I've thought that my behavior or my past, something that's happened, something that was said to me or somehow in my heart, I've gotten to a place where I felt as though I wasn't worthy. And I thank you today that I understand your heart and your love that reaches beyond all of that. And I ask you to help me kind of reclaim the reality of this extravagant love that you have for me. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to to be the Lord of my life and to help me know now more what it looks like to fully embrace this love that, that, that our Heavenly Father has for me. Lord, will you help each of us this week to reclaim that? That we wouldn't just be in a place where we somehow think that we have gotten to be better than anyone else or that somehow our behavior has pushed us too far away from you that we couldn't experience a real relationship. Lord, that we would allow our hearts today to be checked because because we're not giving up on anybody because you don't give up on anybody. Will you help us this week to fully embrace this inclusive love that that says to each of us, nobody is beyond this. 
for every one of us this week, Lord, will you let this be uh, just some moments this week where we, where we allow the, the depths and the reality and the truths of this love to touch each of us in a way that would change the way we do relationship with you and change the way we do relationship with others. Lord, help us to be an agent of that kind of love to the world around us. We love you, Father. It's in your name we pray. Amen.